0: I was a slave to Strava for like a good chunk of my running career where if I was doing a road run there's no way I'd want to post something that was you know
1: the late like 450 pace like I had to be so fast. Hey welcome back to the next episode. I have a fun guest for you guys today and I also have a fun contest coming up for you guys so that's a hint to stay tuned for the next couple of episodes for when I interview Joshua from Red Canyon's 100K in Las Vegas. And we are gonna be raffling off a free entry to that 100K that I am also running. And I would love to have people come and run it with me. And my husband is doing the 50K, so stay tuned for that info. Today's guest is Sam Porter, and she is someone that I have actually worked with in the past, not for a few years now, but back before COVID and she's just a really nice kind of caring person and has a great story is super athletic and we very naturally just got into this conversation about Strava and pace and how it's really challenging not to let your worth be dictated by what Strava says and I know that sounds kind of drastic but I do think that happens a lot and Sam was very open about her experience with trying to basically show that she was running faster than she was and what that meant to her and I just want to thank her for being super vulnerable with that because even though it doesn't sound like a big deal it can be a lot in your own mind and I think that's why a lot of run road runners find the trails because it's more relaxing and you don't have to have a pace that matters because all the terrain is different so there's no way of judging. So it takes that aspect right out. We also just chat through how she improved on her races, what her goals are and get to know Sam. So it's a pretty fun episode. You're gonna enjoy it for your long run. We have a couple of sponsors to thank for today. This is the last episode we're gonna be talking about Janji so I want to really encourage you guys to go out and check out the amazing outfits. So I just ran the Tunnels Marathon and I was counting the amount of Janji sports bras I saw on the way because they looked amazing. The colors, the material, the pockets. So Janji is a clothing apparel company that is dedicated to exploring, connecting, and giving back through running. They make trail and road running essentials focused on sustainability, durability, and performance. And, And I've said before, some of my favorites are the multi short and the trail short because each of them have five or more pockets to support all day adventures. So they also are giving back. And this is my favorite thing that they do. They are founded on the core belief that water is a human right. So they donate 2% of their top line sales back to supporting clean water organizations around the world. So if you guys want to check them out, go to Janji.com and use discount code TRW15 and you will get 15% off your first purchase. That's dot com and use discount code trw15 for 15% off your first purchase our next sponsor is gooder sunglasses so if you have not got yourself a few new pairs for summer it's time to do that these are my absolute favorite accessory for summer because they are fun the colors are amazing they make you run faster and they're not expensive so we talk about the new ones all the time but i think we should revisit some of my favorites A Ginger Soul is a staple that you must have for everyday life, and then in the trails, my two favorites are Flamingos on a Booze Cruise and Gardening with Kraken. Amazing colors, polarized, and very light, so when it's warm out and I start sweating, they don't bounce and they don't slip. I promise you, you will not even notice that they are on your face. They continue to come out with new colors, new shapes, so I think perusing gooder.com Should be a staple in your morning routine. Head over to Gooder.com and use discount code TRW for free shipping on any size order. That's discount code TRW for free shipping. If you guys are interested in a backlog of episodes, you can find them on Patreon. So just search Trail Running Women on Patreon or find that link in my bio at Hillsport55 on Instagram. If you have ideas for guests, if you have questions for the podcast, please message me there. If you want to see my three-year-old rock climbing, it is one of the cutest videos ever. So you can also find that on Instagram. I'm going to leave it at that. Sam will tell the rest of our story and you'll absolutely enjoy this and please don't forget to give us a five-star review if you want to support the show that means the world to me thank you and here's Sam I have a guest today who I actually worked with in the past with some road races and some trail races and I'm so excited to catch up and find out about all of the amazing amazing things you have done in between so welcome to the show Sam hi thanks for having me I'm so excited so Sam is 30 years old and currently in Calgary. I was gonna say BC, but no, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And you have a pretty amazing list of accomplishments, both athletically and for your career. So let's get into a bit of a history about sports you played as a kid, were you an athlete, and when you started running.
0: Yeah, so I yeah grew up in Vancouver, British Columbia, born and raised there. Um, And I grew up playing soccer predominantly that sort of carried me out, um, to grade 12. But, um, yeah, I dabbled in rhythmic gymnastics, which is hilarious to look back at because I'm like the least, you know, delicate athlete there is. Um, and so my parents pulled me out when I couldn't do the splits. They're like, you know what, we're going to focus on soccer. So ran a lot. Um, Ran with my mom a lot growing up, like just as, you know, like a young girl. Um, But that was never for fitness. That was just like a nice activity to do with my mom. And so I didn't get into like, quote unquote, competitive running. Um, And I mentioned the quotes because it's very much like setting my own goals. And um, probably until like Lululemon introduced Seawees in like twenty. 14, I don't even know what year that was, but that's when I was like, hey, I'm going to try um, a half marathon, which was really fun. And back in my undergrad at UVic, I joined the UVic Tri Club. And that really inspired me to like set goals and, you know, sign up for races. So that was sort of my introduction to the sport.
1: I love in the bio you sent me that you didn't have any friends. So that's why you joined the Triathlon Club. Um, yeah. That is like, I think that speaks to your personality a little bit because that is an intimidating thing to do. Like, I don't think at a university level, I ever could have just joined a triathlon club, even if it was just a club sport and not like varsity or tryout or anything. Um, because triathlon, especially when you're younger is kind of something that I feel like is a little bit outside of most people's comfort zone. So, Was that scary or what was the process like getting into triathlon?
0: Yeah, honestly, like looking back at that, um, I'm yeah, super proud that I did that because looking back at like young Sam, I feel like I was like very insecure and didn't really know who my identity was in my young 20s. Um, And so I took a year off of university to travel. So a lot of my friends graduated a year before me. And so I was left in UVic or Victoria Um, and saw this club because I really wanted to get into running. Um, And there wasn't necessarily, like, a run club. This was triathlon, and I had, like, you know, a little dodgy bike that I thought I could use. And I showed up to one of the first meetings, and everyone had these, like, beautiful triathlon bikes. I had, like, um, what's it called at the back where you can, like, carry your bags on? Anyways, I showed up to that, and everyone was just so inclusive. Like, I feel like it was the first time I was in – like, soccer was pretty – um, competitive, and so this sport was just like really nice. People welcomed me to the swim groups if I wanted to go to them. Um, They're really encouraging that I went on the group rides, um, and yeah, it was the first time I was introduced to people who did like a fifty k run or a marathon just for fun, just to train. And I thought that was absolutely bananas, um, but that ultimately like sparked something in me, and I'm still friends with a lot of those people in that club and. I truly feel like I'm indebted to them for introducing me to this whole new world that I was never aware of. I didn't, so that was like 2015, let's say, 2014. I didn't do my first triathlon until like 2021. 20, <laughs> so it was just like, it planted the seed.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Could you swim at the time?
0: No, absolutely not. I couldn't swim until you were my tri coach. Um And I didn't even end up doing Penticton because it was canceled. But I think it took me, like you gave me some workouts to do in the pool to like, you know, get sorted for triathlon. Um, And I swear it took me like roughly 10 months to get like a a good stroke and getting my breath in there. It took me a really
1: long time. So that's 2015. And you did mention doing the half marathon for Lulu before that. So do you remember any of your kind of total grassroots training or what your time was for that half marathon yeah i think my
0: first half was one forty-five maybe and i it's so i mean this is for anyone just getting into the sport like it is a big accomplishment um but at the time i thought a half marathon was the ultimate goal i would ever set for myself i was like i'm gonna get a tattoo of a shoe And like, this is going to be my legacy. And then I ran that half. um, What are my grassroots? Like, I think my friend Stina and I in UVic, we just like sprinted up hills and like went for long runs and then like ate McDonald's
1: after. Like there was no training plan at all. That's awesome. That's such a typical story too. (laughs) If you're that age, you're just like, I think we do one sprint and one long run in quotations and then see how it goes but an hour 45 is like a goal time for a lot of people I've worked with athletes myself where that is a goal that's going to take us a couple years to get to because it is a fabulous time so did you have any hunch that you had done pretty well in that first half marathon or any part of you that was then sparked to try to improve or did that come later
0: No, I think that like came almost immediately because I believe our goal time, like we wanted to cross the finish line together, hold hands, you know, have that whole vision. Um, And our goal was let's finish at two hours. And the fact that um, we were both able to sort of cross that finish line at like 145 was pretty sweet. And at that time, I don't know what my age category would have been, but it was pretty impressive. And that was the first time I've ever you know, felt a sense of accomplishment. um, And again, that sparked something else in me. Um, And yeah, then I've only, you know, improved my time since then, which is great.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I mean, some people, you either quit with running or you're like so fired up to continue on Um, and so I know a few years later in 2017 you ran BMO and had another awesome time for your first marathon of 345 so tell us a bit about how training went for that or what made you decide especially it's so funny that jump right because I had that same idea as you was like oh my gosh I just ran a half marathon like I should tell everybody in the world that's the farthest Mm -hmm. anybody's ever run ever and then suddenly you're going to double the distance so talk us through that decision
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it took a couple years and same thing. Like I had a run buddy throughout this whole experience and we sort of set these goals or just imagined what a marathon would be. And I remember like this so vividly, I was like, I would throw up if I were to ever run a a full marathon. Like that's an insane distance. Um, And again, like, I think I am very, um, one thing that I've noticed about me is that I really cling to like mentors or people in whether it's like a professional or a sport Um, a mentor and really look up to them so at the time that I was doing these half marathons just for fun um, I was working downtown Vancouver and my boss was Cody Callen um, who's an incredible trail racer Um, and he was telling me how like marathon is like the best distance he had just completed 100k in Zion and I was like you think I could do 42k he's like absolutely like why not and so with his, like, nonchalant attitude about it,
1: that just sort of made me realize, like, hey, why not try? So, Oh, that's so funny how that all comes full circle. But that was such a good point that you just mentioned that I think maybe we don't realize that we have the impact on other people that you can. Because I had another friend, Katie, say this, that she's like, just listening to you and your friends talk about this in a nonchalant way makes it suddenly Mm -hmm. seem like something attainable and it takes it out of this like glass box that we put it in thinking that we are not the people that could do that it's just the people that we see on instagram so it's kind of fun to think that all you have to do is kind of people know you and how that you're super relatable Mm -hmm. also accomplishing these amazing things so then maybe it puts it in their mind like oh maybe if i do the work Not necessarily as fast as you, but that they could eventually do these things. So it's funny how you can inspire people without really knowing. It It sounds like Cody did that for you. So you run three forty-five and pretty awesome time. But I do want to talk about like at this time, you would have been mid to er, yeah mid twenties and going through some breakups. And did you know at the time what you wanted to do as a profession, or when did you decide to get into? counseling
0: i didn't necessarily know so my undergrad is in child and youth psychology um it was a program at uvic and so i worked in that field a bit after i graduated but then wanted to like work in like the corporate world so worked for some larger companies completely out of that field it wasn't until COVID actually um during the pandemic that i decided to go into counseling so sort of like went back to my roots um But yeah, so at this time, I was working in the field. So I was on the downtown east side um, doing some research on um, homeless youth. And so that had nothing really to do with wanting to run. Um, It was more so just Cody, to be honest. Um, And breakup wise, I feel like I was pretty impressionable at that time. Um, So if I had like a crush on someone, I was like, I need to run to show them that I'm also cool. Um, so, I think that was a bit of a motivator at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And looking back at that old self of mine, um, I do feel like it's been a, like a bit of a coming of age story in the sense that at the time I was doing so much for validation from others. But now, when I look at some of my goals and the activities that actually bring me joy, I genuinely feel like I'm doing it for myself. So I feel like a lot of the marathon training was to sort of just say like, look, I did this. I I don't know how much it was for me, um, which is interesting to
1: think about. It is. And you make such a good point. And I have a few tangents. I kind of want to go off on this because I think it, we haven't spoken to many counselors actually, other than I guess Tori, but Mm -hmm. a couple of things like I know you got into trails a little bit later, kind of during this time, we went out for a trail run. That was one of your first, I think. And then you got yeah. into ultras. Do you think the trail running community and partly the part where you can give me your 50 K time, but it means nothing because I don't know the course
0: or oh yeah.
1: one 50 K to another. Do you think that the atmosphere of the trails helped bring you into this kind of, internal satisfaction instead of trying to prove it to others or is that something natural for you no
0: no no. that is like you pinned it right there because yeah i remember again sorry going back to cody (laughs) um but he i remember telling him my times for all my runs and he was like what was your oh no i was telling him the distance and he was like what's the time on feet though and i was like oh like that was embarrassing to me because let's say i did my first trail run or something it was really slow I didn't want to tell him my time. I just wanted to say the kilometers. And so that was, I didn't even notice that until I got into trail running a bit more seriously, where no one really cares about like the distance. It's just like, oh, how long did you run for today? You're like, oh, an hour and 20. Great. Like no one is really asking you more about that.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting how those little tiny, like micro adjustments can change your perception on running. And I think it's one of those things that is so important to keep the enjoyment in the sport long-term because Mm -hmm. as a lot of runners were say, you can become a slave to the paces, but if you like, you're still quite young, but eventually you start aging. And if your focus is only on that pace and suddenly you don't see the same improvements or get the same goal time, you worry that like, will some of my enjoyment go away? And that's kind of the beauty of the trails is it never really has to go away because an hour now is equally as satisfying as an hour 20 years from now. And maybe you cover different distance, but it doesn't super matter. Totally. And like, even, you know, like being a slave to the pace, I was a slave to Strava
0: for like a good chunk of my running career, where if I was doing a road run, there's no way I'd want to post something that was, you know, the late like 450 pace. Like I had to be so fast um, or I really like didn't feel the need to post it. Whereas with trails, I'm hiking the majority of the time. You get like some good descent and I don't care what my pace is because I'm looking at the elevation. I'm looking at the
1: views. It's just, yeah, a huge breath of fresh air for me. Oh, I love that you admitted that. And I have a couple of stories of people who I'm trying to work with, not people I'm trying to work with, people that I know who are having that same attachment to Strava. And it's like, I respect so much more somebody who I know can race, like for you example, very fast, but that they're spending 80% of their week in an easy run zone and that they're posting that on Strava because if you tried to run super fast every run, you wouldn't get better and you would just hurt yourself and nobody that is professional or very good does that. So Mm. it's like getting to that point and it's super cool that you did it on your own where you don't have to alter how your run looks or not post the slow runs. And I've had people say, oh, I'm not on Strava because what if somebody sees that I do a bad run? A, nobody cares. They're pretty interested Mm -hmm. in their own paces. And then B, like it just gives this illusion to other people that they're doing the wrong thing if they're running easy. And that's so not true. And it's so important for people to see. Like I know sub three marathoners who are running their easy pace at 545 or 550. And that is so good for other people to see so Mm -hmm. we forget how much like we talked about before other people look like I know you call yourself a leisure athlete but your times are good enough that people are going to look up to you right so when they see what you're doing Mm -hmm. it's so important to be setting that example and it's kind of it's almost like a responsibility in a way just want to take a quick second to thank AG1 so AG1 is a Podcast sponsor that I use every single day So my favorite thing in the summer is to mix it the night before as I'm setting the coffee pot the night before as well And the first thing I do in the morning is drink an entire 16 ounce glass of my pre-mixed AG1 so it is super cold in the fridge and the more I listen to Podcasters like Huberman and the top-notch guys in the health and wellness space the more I'm hearing the importance of hydrating first thing in the morning And then also how much they like ag1 so if i know that i'm starting off the day rehydrating with a full 16 ounce glass plus getting 75 high quality vitamins and minerals i just feel like i'm starting off on the right foot and i can deal with whatever the world throws at me i'm definitely noticing the key factors are my recovery and my gut health is better so ag1 has probiotics but it also has prebiotics And all of the things that are way too hard to get when you have a variety of random pills in your closet So instead with one small habit I am getting all of the benefits that I need to take care of my health every single day. So If a comprehensive solution is what you need from a supplement routine Then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase All you have to do is go to drinkag1.com backslash trwp. That's drinkag1.com backslash trwp to check it out. Yeah, totally. And even just like I remember back in,
0: let's say, like the 2015 to 2018 era, um, sometimes I would put my watch upside down so it's facing the ground. So I couldn't watch my pace because I was so fixated on how fast I was running. And now the thought of that is so comical because I don't even look at my watch when I run. I'm just like start and um, my pace could be in the sixes. I'm like, huh, that's crazy. Like I thought I was sprinting, but it just doesn't matter because I know my capability.
1: Yeah, I love that so much. And I just have one, I have to tell you one story. Somebody that I met at a marathon was very excited about running a marathon, of course. And I asked them how it went after. And they had talked about how they were going to run 42 kilometers that day. And they thought it was absolutely wild. And yes, it is. Totally. But I could tell that they didn't actually know that a marathon was 42.2. No. (laughs) Meters. Um, And I asked them how it went. And they gave me a time. And I was like, that's amazing. Like this person absolutely crushed it for their first marathon. And then – I was looking through the results and I saw their name and realized that it was actually about 14 minutes slower than the time that they gave me. Mm. Oh, that's weird. And then I looked at their Strava and you know how when you do a long sanctioned marathon, it's never 42.2. It's like 42.8, sometimes 43 because our GPS watches are probably a little bit inaccurate. And also if you're not running the tangent, so you're not running the corner on the inside as close as you can, because it's crowded, you end up running farther. That's just part of a windy race. Mm -hmm. So what this person had done, so that their Strava looked better, was stop their watch about a mile from the finish line at exactly 42 kilometers. Oh, Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, so I looked at this and was like, oh my gosh, that just makes me sad that instead of having the full experience, this need to be faster on Strava, cheated themselves from even having a full marathon timed because they didn't know about those .2 extra hours, right? They stopped it at 42 on the money. And why not just have your time be exactly what everybody else did and celebrate that, but for that 15 Mm -hmm. minutes on Strava. And I was just like, this is the problem with Strava and social media. And if there's ways to separate yourself from that, like it's great. Anyways, that's a total tangent. I just thought it was a wild story. No, absolutely.
0: And that like brings me to like, I've had moments where let's say I'm going for a long run or it doesn't even matter what the distance is. There have been times where, you know, I'll pause my watch because I need to like catch my breath. I'm trying to do a really, really fast run just truly for like validation and I'll stop my watch. And then I discovered that you can see elapsed time. And so people can see the entire duration of your workout versus what you had timed. And when I noticed that, that was probably, you know, back in that who am I era a few years ago, um, I was actually like quite mortified that people could see how long it actually took versus the
1: time moving. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. I know what you mean. Because there's definitely been people who are like, oh my God, 18 minute 5K. And you're like, we well, you were out there for half an hour and you just sprinted. <laughs> exactly. yes. I see that a lot with the Grouse Mountain um,
0: route. People will be like, PB, 30 minutes, and then you see laps time, and it's like 36. And I don't want to judge them, but I'm like, we don't care. Like, that's still a really great time. Yeah, and then the equal
1: thing happens the other way, where Strava will, if you don't ever touch your watch, it will take out pauses on its own. So Mm -hmm. I will do – I did a Grouse Grind with some pregnant friends that was so slow – that Strava thought I wasn't moving and it ended up putting up that it was a 31-minute grind and it was like an hour and a half. Hilarious. But you don't have to title it PB. You can just laugh and be like, prego grind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> i very generous. Anyways, the whole Strava conversation is just, it's funny because it is such a great tool, but like you said, I bet you there was never a time where you finally finished that run and everything was say in the 350s and that an ex boyfriend called you and said, "Never mind, you are actually worth it." Did they?
0: No, never, ever, ever. And it took me a few exes to realize. <laughs> 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 I'm not with any of them, so it didn't work. But I found it. It brought up so much joy for me. So I feel like had I not gone through those, you know, experiences, um, I wouldn't be the person who I am now as like cliche as that sounds but yeah I have finally found you know the joy and validation that I need for myself in the sport which is like great I'm so so thankful that I've found this spot
1: totally and I think I mean if the worst thing you did was try to do a fast run to look cool um, that's a pretty amazing way to get through your 20s like there we've had a lot of guests and myself included who were like oh I don't know I just passed out under a bridge like there's a lot of Worst things that could have happened um yeah so yeah to get through that like coming of age with running and times is probably one of the most positive ways and then was there a moment kind of through this where you were coming out the end that you thought that you wanted to become a counselor and work with people and and tell us a bit about your choice to to get a master's in psychology
0: yeah so i would say um my years like blur together so my timeline might be a little choppy here but so i worked for um lululemon which is a great company Um, i worked for them for about three years and while i was there i was introduced to a lot of people in sport so um that's sort of just a side point to say that it kind of continued to motivate me to sign up for races and you know just be healthy Um, so I sort of had that on my mind, but one thing that I found really frustrating, it had nothing to do with the company at all. I just, um, I really think I work well without rigidity. So I don't like having really rigid hours to work with. Um, I love freedom and I know that's like just freedom in my own schedule. And that was something that I found with the pandemic. So if there's a silver lining here, it's that we couldn't work in the store um because of the pandemic. So, the company was incredible and we had paid time off um just for a few weeks to figure out like what was happening. This is like still super fresh in the pandemic. And it was sort of the first time I didn't have essentially a 9 to 5 and it had been like 4 years of this 9 to 5 that I just found like wasn't conducive to me. And some people, you know, really really work well with that structure, but I noticed on that time off that I wasn't working well with that structure. And so During this time off, I just ran a lot and explored the trails and drove up to Squamish. Um, So it's probably like 2019, 2020. Yeah, drove to Squamish a lot, drove to Whistler just because I had no responsibilities really in the city. Um, And yeah, just like ran a lot and like made a lot of great connections through running and like doing social distance hangouts and stuff. And I just, I felt like a lot of people had anxieties, which is something that I had experienced at the same time. And um, yeah, I just really valued this sort of sense of like no structure in my day, talking to people, connecting with people, and then had this like epiphany moment where I was like, you know what, like I could essentially build my own schedule if I were to go into like private practice with counseling, this time off and talking to people who are being so vulnerable about their fears in the pandemic really amplified like my desire to help people and um just connect like I think connection and community is so important so um yeah I was like why don't I go back to school like I I went to school in the first place for counseling like I should just go back um so I went back and yeah the goal is to have my private practice but I think I'd like to you know work with some mentors in the field first um but essentially it was just like I needed a break from nine to five.
1: Yep, I can totally relate to that. And I think the pandemic was huge for a lot of people like that, mm-hmm. where you start to realize that like anything can happen and time can also end for any of us. And you have to enjoy your life. And there's definitely this old nine to five way, maybe isn't for everybody. And it could Mm. also be just like people are productive in different times. So it's really cool that you found a profession and something that I think you're obviously going to be pretty good at because you're also super empathetic and able to, to talk so well. Um, So it's motivating probably for people to to think like, you don't have to live certain ways. You can kind of go after what you want, which is something that I think really ties in to running also, right? Like, Mm-hmm. prove to yourself that if you put your mind to something, you can, you can go after it.
0: Absolutely. And I think, and you know, all of that to say, being able to like change my career and have time off of work during the pandemic, it's like such a privilege to have this experience. So I definitely want to, you know, put that out there that I do feel very grateful that I had that opportunity that not everyone did. Oh, um, For
1: sure. And right. Yeah. The, just the means to be able to drive an hour to a cool place and all of that things. Yeah, that's for sure. Exactly. And like having connections there that were safe
0: where some people definitely didn't have that. So definitely want to put that disclaimer out there that um, that doesn't go unrecognized. But what I found as well with running during this time is that's that's sort of like when I got into trail running because I'd go to Squamish um, and just run and discover the trails and It was such a therapeutic experience. And through that, I felt extremely grounded in this time of complete uncertainty. Um, And yeah, I really, I think that emphasized my need for grounding and um, sharing that with others. And so if there is an opportunity in my career to do something grounding like that, whether it's like a workshop trail running and working with other people, um, but that was sort of my epiphany moment. I was like, I want to do this as a career and also counsel and run.
1: And um, yeah, it kind of snowballed. And now I'm here, which is great. So let's talk a little bit about your your marathons, because I do think that was a fun time in your life when you just wanted to get faster and push the paces and push the boundaries for that. So you run BMO and then you wanted to improve your time at the LA Marathon, and you did by over 20 minutes. So talk to us a bit about that decision and what it was about running that faster that made you excited. Yeah, so actually, you know what, since you just asked
0: that, I think maybe I didn't use you for BMO, but I used you for LA because I wanted to improve my time.
1: Yes, I was gonna say, as I was saying that out loud, I was like, that's when we met and it was actually through Claire and she had said you had run BMO and wanted to run LA and i think you yeah. we were like if i could get under 330 that would be amazing so i remember we were pretty happy with that time and then continued to work together to get you to 315 so um yes yeah you had a pretty good run there did
0: the 345 definitely thought that i could improve that and then um a few of our friends in vancouver wanted to do the boston marathon and so we looked at the qualifying times, um, we looked at races that would be like a fun little vacation for us to all go on. So I think there's eight of us who signed up for the LA marathon. And these were people who had like never run a 10 K before, maybe a couple of us had ran a marathon. So it was a like motley crew of us. Um, and it was so fun. Like we all trained together. Um, some of us were a bit more, you know, competitive, um, and had a bit more um, lofty goals, but we all finished it, which was incredible. Um, and yeah, so I wanted to get three thirty because that was Boston qualifying time. Um, and yeah, I got three twenty four. I felt really, really strong during it, and that was I really, yeah, I can't say enough about having a coach or just having like a structured workout. And here I am, five minutes ago saying I don't work well with structure. Um, But a structured workout was great because there's a sense of accountability um, on time. What's it called again? Uh, That app that you use to put the workouts in? Training.
1: Training. Training. And yes. Yeah, but just a note on that, like freedom is great. And I say this, actually, my dad said this, when you're managing people that are out in the field and have their own, it's like... too much structure is stifling too much freedom is too overwhelming sometimes to get the job done Mm -hmm. properly. So having a coach and having those specific workouts and then your freedom to fit them into your schedule is kind of the best balance, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it'd be nice, you know, on like cross training days, you're able to bike or swim or go for like a long walk. And so there's a sense of autonomy in that where you get to choose, which I think I really valued. So. Yeah, I went into that race um, and the best thing about LA, so like of course qualifying for Boston was great, um, but honestly the best part was there were um, maybe like four of my guy friends registered for this race um, and one of my good girlfriends and I, we both finished um, at like 324, I think she was 322, but at the very start of the race, like at the start line, all of our guy friends just like assumed they were going to beat us and they're like okay girls like we'll meet you at this part after the race like we'll be here if you can't find us just call us. And so my friend and I we went into this being like okay sure. Um but we beat them all by like 10 minutes. Um which honestly is like my best takeaway was just thinking like naturally these men would beat us. Um
1: but no, we killed them. So it was great. That's so fun. I love that. And it's such a cool reminder that like running is kind of an equalizer like that and I yeah yeah, it makes it super fun I remember like that is such an outstanding time as it is and then COVID hit so talk us through your decision to do a virtual Boston and and kind of how disappointing that might have been when you had it was such a social goal to go there and and do that and um, would you ever want to do it again and actually go
0: yeah, so that was, yeah, super crushing that it was um canceled. Um, and it was such a roller coaster because we get emails saying, you know, it is going to happen and then it's not, and then it is. Um, but they did a really, really great job with the virtual options. So they actually sent us our race packages. So we had our bibs, we had a finish line that you could run through. Um, they had a medal in there, just some really, really great things. So while it wasn't the same Boston experience that I had hoped for, Um, I was able to run like my favorite routes in Vancouver, which was amazing. Um, If I had gone to Boston, I likely would have only had like one friend there. Um, But in Vancouver, I had like my mom, she drove next to me for like the majority of it. I had family friends bike with me. I had so many people who were there that was just like, such an incredible opportunity and one that I will never forget. Um, and yeah, I was able to just, I just felt so good that day. I don't think I'll ever forget that feeling. And I did that one in 3.15. Um, and it was funny, I kind of like messed up the route that I wanted to do. So I told everyone that the finish line was somewhere, but I had like another two kilometers to run. So I just like looped them for 2k being like, Woo! and had like a celebration for the last 2k, which was so fun. Um. yeah, so that I I really am so grateful for that opportunity that not much of me wishes that it actually had been in Boston. Like I'm really okay with
1: it. That's super fun. I remember actually seeing pictures of of the finish line and how many people came out with you, which is which is pretty cool and such a example of the community. So I want to talk a little bit about the things that you have done for the community, including starting a super inclusive run group and um being a run uphill in ambassador more recently so tell us a bit about what made you want to give back to the sport and about your group yeah so
0: um at one of the companies i worked for i was able to make a run club um which was so fun i sort of collaborated with a few of the people that i worked with at the store and i don't know i in my own experience i found road running um it can be a bit more of an exclusive a bit more intimidating group um versus you know the trails and so especially vancouver like it's such a fit and exciting city that some people might not feel um super willing to try something new if it's a bit more like intimidating so all of that to say we made a run club that was 3k and anyone was welcome. you can walk, you can bring your dogs, you can bring your babies. um and we met at the store and just like ran down to the beach, took a cute photo, and came back. And a lot of people had just never run in their life. um and so for them to do three k was absolutely huge. Um, the great thing about the company that I worked for is that we had so many people that could help out, so we had people who were at the back and people who were at the front and people in the middle and we're able to get like ice cream after. And it just felt like it was this community that was sort of lacking at the time. Um, and now I've seen, you know, in Vancouver, there's so many inclusive run groups and paces. Um, yeah, I just, I loved it. And one thing that I really loved about it is when you're running at such a social pace, you can have like great conversations with people and actually like get to know them. Um, yeah, so that was that experience. And then, unfortunately, the pandemic hit, so we had to stop. Um, yeah, I, I loved facilitating that group, and that was something that I really missed over the last few years. So now being back in Calgary, um, there's a store in Canmore. They actually just opened one in Squamish. So in the wintertime, they're called Ski Uphill, and then they sort of transitioned to run uphill in the summer. Incredible group of people. If you're listening and you're in Squamish or Canmore, definitely check them out. Um, I joined, and sorry, I'm going on tangent here, but um, I joined their trail running groups last year when I moved to Calgary because I lacked that sense of community. Um, I didn't know who to run with. We have massive grizzly bears here. I'm like not gonna go out alone. So I went to the trail running group. Athletes in Canmore are are, like phenomenal. I was so intimidated to go, Um, but I pushed myself to go. Everyone was so inclusive. Like I would run with somebody at my pace so slow. At the very end, I find out they're like an Olympic athlete and no one is like showing off, trying to be pretentious. It was the most welcoming group. All that to say, I continued going and then became um, a bit of like a leisure athlete ambassador for the group um, for this summer holiday.
1: Oh, that's so fun and such a good example of the trail vibe where, Mm -hmm. yeah, nobody needs to show off it's just about being out there and enjoying the space so I'm wondering it sounds like you're finding kind of yourself through the trails and relaxing a bit and getting a little bit more therapy through running and then obviously this is your your profession that you're going into so what kind of connection do you find between exercise and therapy and do you plan on trying to bring that into your counseling in any way Yeah, I
0: think a lot of it has to do with feel. So like what your body is telling you. I know when I need to go for a run or when I need to just go for a walk, like my body feels dysregulated and that's likely because I'm anxious about something. And so I think a lot of that is just really listening to what your body needs. And if you're exhausted and that's what your body's telling you, like, don't go for that run because I think you just have to listen to your body and Um, Yeah, when I feel like I need an outlet, running has always been that safe place for me, whether I'm walking, running or going for a big sprint because I need to. But with the trails, what I love is that you have a mix of hiking and running. So it really tailors to like every need in your body. You're not totally straining every aspect of yourself. You do get some relief. And so, yeah, with trail running, I really found that. I even found that with mountain biking. I sort of transitioned from road biking to mountain. And for me personally, just being out in like the mountains and the trees is extremely grounding. So yeah, I do try to incorporate that into my therapy with clients, but I have to recognize like that's my worldview. Some people have never been a runner or ever, you know, used nature as a coping mechanism. And so I don't want to push that too much on them. So it's about, you know, finding the right community to emphasize that with um, and who to work with, who that would really click with.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like that. Um, and trail running, kind of like you said there too, it can just be standing in in nature. And I think there is some relaxing effect to that. But anyways. Yeah. And so like you- your
0: phone, might not, sorry, but like one thing I love too is like, you have your, I usually carry my phone for safety, but like I might be out of service for a little while. And it's so nice having a break from seeing people and cars and just busy life.
1: It's just so calm in the trails. That is the sole reason that I love an ultra race. And I remember that was the first thing that I loved so much about the first 50 K that I ever did was I already thought my pack was heavy and I knew that there was a lot of aid stations and marking so I didn't carry a phone, whether that was stupid for safety, maybe, but <laughs> the not having it with me was the nicest thing ever because I had no choice to look at it. And even when you think you're separate, you kind of forget all the notifications and the, oh, I need to check the time. So I press this flashy light or what have you. And I think that, yeah, those simple changes can go a long way. We've gone on a lot of random tangents, but I kind of knew we would and I'm enjoying it. Yes, <laughs> me too. I know the Ironman has always been something on your bucket list and you had some terrible stomach issues uh, in your first half and then you were going to do Penticton and it was cancelled due to the pandemic and now you are crushing trails and you've become such a fast downhill runner. Do you have unfinished business with the Ironman distance and will you ever go back to that?
0: Right, 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 right. To be completely honest, I don't think so. I I really don't get as much, um, enjoyment from the pavement, not to say, you know, it's super convenient. I live on a street with pavement, so, um, I can go out at any point to run. Um, but yeah, I don't think so. Um, there's so much gear involved with try, which is exciting. I love gear, but like the bikes are more expensive than my car at the moment. Like I can't invest more into it. Um, all that to say, there's aspects of the sport that I will definitely continue to do. So I would love to continue swimming. That was huge for me. I I absolutely loved swimming. Um, I still love to bike, just not on like a bougie tri bike. Um, and yeah, with running, I really want to focus on trails and who knows, maybe like five, 10 years from now, I'll love to get back into triathlon, but right now it's really not something that, um, sparks too much joy as they say.
1: Yeah, I hear you. And I know a lot of people who – like it's very hard to have this goal and have it not happen and then decide that you do not feel the need to go back and do it and you can leave it sort of unfinished and that's totally okay. So I think that speaks a lot to your kind of maturity also.
0: Yeah, I definitely think I've had a bit of a turning point, like being 29-30, where a lot of those things – yeah, I think it was like to do a triathlon – to you know say that I've done it but now I'm I'm like super content not having to tell anyone that I've done it and just yeah I rather do things that bring me joy than tons and tons and tons of hours spent doing something that doesn't actually like bring me anything.
1: We talk about that with um 100 mile races too is that like it's almost better to dns if your heart's not in it because it's too long and it's too big that if you don't really love it it doesn't make sense and it's probably not good for you yeah absolutely so we're almost out of time but i know you have squamish 50 coming up so i'm excited to see how you do for that but tell us what your (laughs) long-term goals with running are
0: oh great question um i would love to do you know, I think realistically like an 80k race. I was going to say 100k, but right now I'm I'm not there. Um I would love to, but just I don't foresee that in the near near or far future at the moment. So 80k would be awesome, I think with my 50k. So I ran my first 50k this past or no, last October. Um and yeah, had such a great time with it. So now I just like to beat that time. Um And when I say great time, it was like a very enjoyable time, Um, but I would still like to beat that time. So hopefully that in Squamish, um, which would be so much fun because those are all my favorite mountain bike trails. So I'd love to just like cruise on those. Um, Yeah, I think an 80K race, I would love to travel. Um, So maybe in a few years when I don't have like student debt, I can um, go to Europe and do some incredible trails there. Um, But that might not be for another like 10 or so years. Um, but you know what my biggest goal is, which I don't think gets talked about, is stretching. I need to stretch more, and I don't think I've stretched for like thirty years of my life until like a couple months ago. I've started to stretch, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but I have seen the biggest improvement in my body and overall like well-being. Stretching is incredible, so go stretch, everyone.
1: That is a fabulous goal. And I was just saying this to Katie the other day. That's like, I can have my program that is like the worst speed workout I've ever seen. I'm, mm-hmm. I've had some terrible track workouts. I'm doing another road marathon on Sunday. Like why? Uh, but here oh, we yeah. are. And like, they're set in my mind that I'm going to get them done. But stretching is the easiest thing you can do. And I can't do it. And I don't know, right. <laughs> like it's, it's so hard so i love that goal because it is low-hanging fruit that's gonna make you faster make you more mobile make you healthier in the long run and feels good and why can't um people just do it so it needs to be a goal i love that
0: yeah i um i don't know what it has been like there's something internal in me that is like does not want to stretch even though i'm like watching tv for hours it's like just stretch and so i'm really trying to focus on that um So yeah, wish
1: me luck. (laughs) But um sorry, which race are you doing on Sunday? Uh it's called the Tunnels Marathon, it's just outside of Seattle. So yeah, heading down it's I picked it because it's like kind of in foresty area. It's not as much of a city marathon. So Mm -hmm. only a thousand people, which is not huge for a road marathon. Yeah. Like that too. So my gosh, that's so intimate. Pardon me? That's so intimate that size. I know. Right. Like I've, there's yeah. my friend just did a hundred mile race where there was like 40 people, which is like, oh God, real admit. so I feel like this is nice medium, but anyways. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so it's been so fun to kind of know you and watch your journey and wa- like journey, such a funny word, but truthfully, like go from triathlon to road to trails and really kind of find what makes you happy and continue to get better. And I think you're going to do really well at Squamish. I know you know those trails, like the back of your hand. And I think you're probably going to crush that time and podium. And I'm excited to see that happen. And if you don't, you're still equally as good of a human being as we've talked about. So far. <laughs> Thank you.
0: So. Well, the scariest part is I'm in your age category now. I loved being below you guys. And now you and all your friends are these badass woman who I've looked up to. And now I don't know if Podium's in it for me, but
1: oh well. No, that's that's funny that you say that because I know the old group is fast, but um, we are all now like unable to go fast, like I said before, and now it has to be like 60K to be the shortest because it is too fast. Um, So the 50K winners are, are early 30s. And then when you get old like us, then you have to do the hundreds. (laughs)
0: okay well you're not old but i appreciate that um but yeah thanks for all the inspo over the years i just yeah i love watching things that you get up to and this community is so great it totally
1: is right um okay so last two questions if you had any words of advice for people who wanted to get into the trails but they were nervous um and you want to make the sport more inclusive What would you say to somebody who's just afraid to get started? I would say, um, I would probably go to like a
0: local store. So I'm assuming like Arc'teryx or Solomon, if you're in like North Vancouver or West Van, but just like any city or town that you're in, I'm assuming there would be sort of like an athletic shop where they might have a club. Um, or if they don't like Strava or like meetup.com, they have groups And I think going with people um, is the best way to get introduced to it because they're going to show you trails. They're going to tell you like bits and, um, you know, bits of information that you might have never thought of. So I think that would be the best way to get into it. Um, I also find this like really nerdy that I do, but I love watching YouTube videos on sports that I'm like unaware of. So when I got into touring, I watched so many YouTube videos on like Just what they do and like what the process looks like. So even if you're so new to trail running, if you watched like a short little video on YouTube, you could sort of see what that even just looks like. Um, Yeah. So I would say like find a community, look up some stuff on YouTube if you're really unaware um, and just like talk to people.
1: that's such a good idea too. I've people, nobody's mentioned that before. And then sometimes if you just see it and see how it's going, then it kind of becomes easier in your mind and not so unknown. So that's a great point. Mm-hmm. So very last question, post Squamish 50, what is the meal you are looking forward to having? the most? Oof, great question. Um, so I
0: love having a cold beer after workouts. Um, and for those who like don't drink, I love ginger ale, so if there is no alcohol nearby, ginger ale is like definitely my first choice with a ton of ice. Um, And then I'm eating a pizza, like a massive pizza. Um, And if there's chips, I'll eat chips, basically all the salts I can get, all the carbs. And that sort of goes with any activity. Like if I finish a mountain bike ride or a ski, like I need a cold
1: beverage and a pizza. I think you're the first person to say a cold beer and a pizza and I love it because it's those two things together. That's really what the key is. I love that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Like I could not even imagine having like a Gatorade and a pizza. Like you need something with a (laughs) pizzazz. Yes. Pizzazz. Oh, that's some, some bite to it. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
1: Okay. So if our listeners want to find more from you, plug all of your stuff, Instagram, um, Facebook, anything you want to talk about. Website, I don't know what you have, but plug it all.
0: Yeah, nothing but Instagram at the moment. So that is Sammy, E-P. So S-A-M-M-Y, E-P. Yeah, I don't post too, too much about running, but it's more so like fun lifestyle, I think. Um, Maybe a bit of my thesis that I'm just like not working on at the moment. Um, Yeah. Definitely follow me if you're interested. My thesis
1: that I'm not working on. Yeah, I know that feeling. Um, Okay, well, I want to thank you so much. This has been so much fun, and I'm so excited to see how Squamish 50 goes for you. And after this weekend, I'm going to be craving some trail time. So let me know if you're in Vancouver and we can catch up. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me and just,
0: yeah, following my random long tangents. I'm sorry in advance, everyone. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha.